it's a fantastic privilege to have someone come into the church who's got a, a different gift to what we usually operate in. We're, we're quite a prophetic church, and we're learning to be more pastoral. But the, an evangelist is someone who just wakes up in the morning, and they just can't help but get people saved. And they can't help but telling all the other Christians that they better make other people get saved too. It's just, they just bleed just the gospel. Just, you've got to get saved. Are oh, you saved? You've got to get saved. It's wonderful. So when someone, uh, somewhere in the Bible it says, Matthew 10, I think, it says that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, then you receive a prophet's reward. So there's two aspects to that. If you receive a prophet, You've got to receive him in his authority of his function, of what he's able to do, what he's able to say. So whenever the Bible mentions the name, it doesn't just mean Bob. His name's Bob. It means, it means more than just that. It's like a family name. It's, your, it's the arms. It's your history. It's who you are. It's what's around you. It's not just Ginny. It's what Ginny represents and her heritage and what she's able to produce. If I come into her house, I receive the abundance of what's in her house. So when someone comes in the name of the Lord, they're not just saying, Jesus. That's not the name of the Lord. It carries much more. It carries his authority, his power. So you can receive a prophet. Hello, prophet. Come in. Come and sit down. But if you don't receive the function and the authority and what he carries, then you're not going to receive what he has for you. And then the next line that Jesus said, and if you receive a righteous man, then you will receive a righteous reward. So we're receiving an evangelist on Sunday. You and I are going to pick up something just by being around him. Not automatically. You have to receive him as an evangelist. You have to receive what he's carrying. You have to receive his name. Then you're going to pick up just naturally. You're going to wake up on Monday morning and 15 people. No, I'm joking. <laughs> It's an awful thing to try and sustain more than your substance. It's a horrible thing. What I mean is everyone goes to the fanciest restaurants and takes pictures of their food. And they show it up on Instagram, on Facebook, and everyone's having the best time and they're at the best party. And then you meet them in real life and you go to the same party that they go to and you realize there's no substance there. They're just trying to sustain an image that isn't real. And... I used to, as an immature believer, I used to look at people like that and think, oh, why are you doing that? You're such a horrible person. Why are you trying to pretend you're something you're not? You're trying to pretend you're bigger than you're not, bigger than you are. And now, as I get a little bit older, I'm still a baby, but as I get a little older, I don't feel anger. I feel sorry for them. Because if you try and pretend that you're cleverer than you are, and then you hang out with clever people, Oh, it's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know so-and-so? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's so-and-so? Um, uh, well, it's, uh, you just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just feel like an idiot. I've been in that situation where I was in a new job and I was trying to impress my boss. And whatever he liked, I liked. And I would have no idea what he was talking about half the time, but I'm nodding my head. And the few times he asked me a question, I was like, oh, it's terrible. Just umming and ahhing. And I knew that he saw through me, but I was already in the rut of trying to pretend I had more than my substance. So don't feel the pressure if an evangelist walks in. You don't have to maintain more than what your substance is. But you will catch an overflow and something will be unlocked when you're around people like that. 
So we're not going to respond religiously. Now evangelist walks in, we've all got to get everyone saved. That's not how it happens. The heart of a Christian is to get others saved. It, is, it naturally flows. And we're just going to pick up splashes of that and things are going to be un- unlocked in us. It's going to be good. I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited for Sunday. It's going to be different. Expect an evangelist. Expect something. Expect something. This is something who, someone who's worked with Rhino Bonke. And if anyone knows what that guy's about, he's, it's amazing. None of that's fake. None of that's fake. That guy does crusades with, I don't know, is it millions of people? It's certainly hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of people. And people come running, running forward to get saved. It's not a polite little, well, maybe I'll accept Jesus today or maybe I'll come back tomorrow. They run. Some of them run with wheelchairs over their head to get saved. That's what's going to splash over us on Sunday. That's exciting. Today, I want to, I want to share something. Let's, let's look at a scripture quickly. If you get your Bibles open, let's open to Psalms 23. Most of us will probably be able to quote Psalms 23, just off by heart. Anyone want to read the first four, four verses for us? Anyone feeling confident enough? Go for it, Jabbit. Wonderful. You're quoting it off by heart. You're not even reading it. That's cheating. <laughs> That's wonderful. There's only two more verses. Let, finish it off. Finish it off. Thy rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Amen. Isn't that a fantastic psalm? I want to focus on verse 4 and the second half of it. Um, He says, I'm going to walk through the valley of shadow of death, but I'll feel no evil even uh, even though I'm in that valley. And then he says, it's your staff, it's your rod and your staff that comfort me. There's different gifts in the body. We're going to read Ephesians 4 a little later. And the different gifts, like the evangelist or the pastor or the the, um, prophet, teacher, what's the other one? Apostle, thank you. They bring something to the table. They bring different gifts to the table. And if you just have one gift in operation, you're going to get a very wonky church. You're going to get someone who has got a really great right leg, but very weak hands. So they're going to get somewhere quickly, but they're not going to be able to activate or operate where they get to. So you need multiple gifts to operate in order for the church to come into maturity. If you don't have different gifts operating at different angles, you're going to have an immature church. So David says, it's your rod and your staff that comfort me. The rod and the staff have a different use. They have different operations. There's a spectrum 
of abilities within the rod and staff. If you look at verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. He, he walks in front of me. He leads me. If you look through the... Uh, Sean, shut up. Uh, I've been looking at other things in the psalm. I don't, want to go, I don't want to go down there. When the shepherd would lead the sheep, he would have a responsibility to bring them into pastures. It says in verse 3, You lead me beside still waters. You lead me on paths of righteousness. So the shepherd would lead the sheep. He would take them to territory where there was fresh nutrients. There's a pioneering in the good shepherd. There's taking us into territory where we haven't been before. But we need to go in order to receive the nutrients that are in that place. If you have a shepherd that just keeps you stationary, that you never move and you never go, then you're going to have the same old nutrients. You're going to end up small, dwarfed, small little world, just about me. No one else matters. I'm just eating the same grass. Just basically it's spiritual incest. It's when Christians just look at other Christians and they just try and reproduce by the same Christianity, the same way that they did five years ago. And it never moves on. It never takes territory. It never looks out for anyone else. It's just you, me, and we're going to look at each other. And it's just incest. And you get deformed human beings if you marry your sister. Just spiritual incest. There's something in the apostolic that takes you beyond your little nation where Jesus says, look up, there are the nations. I want you to leave Jerusalem. I want you to go beyond. I want you to go to new pastures. That was the criticism of the Pharisees. Jesus says, I have flocks you have no idea about. They were just worried about little Israel. And Jesus was worried about the whole planet. So there's a pioneering that's part of the shepherd's arsenal. Part of his rod, his staff, is to bring sheep into new pastures. But there's another side to it. Uh, the rod also warded off predators, lions, jackals, that would try and take the sheep. So in that pioneering, there's also a violence and a protectiveness and a defensiveness when you go into that new territory. So shepherds were not little... I mean, David killed a, a, a Goliath. He was a shepherd's boy. He must have been pretty strong. He wasn't a little, a little boy. He must have been muscly. He must have been working out every day. Shepherds, you don't, you don't mess with them. These are hardy people. So in the church, we've belittled pastors into cute little um, polite men. Women sometimes. I mean, I'm not that being a woman pastor is bad, but they become effeminate and they become just caring and they lose that pioneering aspect that, we're going to take ground, which you need in order for people to become mature. But at the same time, you have that rod, you also have the staff. And the staff is that gentle, caring ability that as you're walking to the new pastures, he leads you beside still waters. So there's a pioneering in the, in the pastoring, and, and there's a pioneering aspect in pastoring, but there's also a protection and a caring and worrying about the health of sheep as we, take new, as we walk into new territory. There is something about, are you okay? Are you healthy? Are you looking out for yourself? Let me help you. It's not just new territory because you don't want to arrive at new territory half dead. You want to arrive healthy so you can fight the battles that are there. So there's both that pioneering aspect, but there's also that protecting, caring aspect. 
So we need multiple gifts to operate a healthy church for us to grow. Otherwise, we're going to be infants. Everyone agree with that? Let's go to Ephesians 4. So um, in verse 11, it says, speaking of Jesus, it was, um, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers, to prepare God's people for the works of service. Um, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity of the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He didn't say he bought apostles and teachers. And that's how you're going to attain maturity. That's how you're going to get the whole measure. No, there's five different gifts in operation in order for us to become mature. If you're just getting one input and one part of your body's getting strong, you're going to come into trouble. Sean, how can you make such a horrible statement? Well, let's read the next verse. So if we have all these five gifts in operation, then we will no longer be infants, babies, pooing our own nappies, tossed back and forth or to or fro by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching or every wind of doctrine and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. So when you have those gifts operating, when you have Ephesians 4, that's what, when people say Ephesians 4 gifts, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about apost uh, apostles, <laughs> apostles, pastors, teachers, Pharisees, and, uh, no. <laughs> it's talking about the whole body coming into maturity, that you've got different inputs so that you become strong. Um, Instead, speaking the truth in love. Remember, there's a staff and there's a rod. And if you just use staff, 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 just care, 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 you're going to be immature. Sometimes you need the rod. Oh, yes, Dad. I'm sorry, Dad. I'm going to listen. That rebellious attitude. Thank you for that hiding. I thank my parents for the hidings they gave me as a kid. Because sometimes I deserve the rod because the rebellion in me needed to break. And as an adult... Every now and again, I get into an attitude. If I trace it, if I trace it properly, if I'm honest, it's always with God. It's always with my Father in heaven. It might be with my brother, but then if I look at it and I and I and I say, "Holy Spirit, help me," I'll go. It might be my brother that I'm fighting with, but I'm blaming God because He gave me this brother. <laughs> Often, here's the truth. Often, it's my wife that I blame God for. Oh, God, that's the woman you gave me. Sound familiar? And God says, uh-uh-uh-uh. You chose to get married. It's my fault. It's very dangerous to just staff, 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 staff. Very dangerous to be one-dimensional in your relationships with God and with people. Very dangerous. You become, you create immaturity in yourself and those around you. 
And it's very dangerous. It's easy to notice the dangers with rod, 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 rod. Just hard, just pioneering. Everyone notices that that's hard. But then they react to just stuff, 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 stuff. That's why I felt in preparation for this meeting and during this meeting, I felt, we want to break through, pioneer, pray in tongues. Blah, 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 blah. And I felt God say, hold on, listen to the message that I've asked you to prepare. Okay, sorry, God, change the gear. Let's go from rod, 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 rod. Let's go to some stuff. And sometimes that just simple act of humility changes the whole atmosphere. I don't know about you, but as soon as we started to change our tack, I just felt a different shift. It was just a shift, and it was like, oh, there it is. And we could have driven for the next 15 minutes, and I love, I love, I love the rod. I love going strong, pioneer. I love that. But that wouldn't have got us to where God was asking us to go. He's the one who leads us. And he chooses when to use rod and when to stuff, uh, when to use stuff. So it's actually an act of humility to push when God says push and to pastor when God says pastor. Speaking truth in love is the next verse. Instead, so rather than being deceived, not being mature, let's speak truth in love. Some people just want to love, 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 but there's never any truth. Oh no, it's okay. You stay in your self-pity. You stay in a small little world. It's okay to just think about yourself. Just love, 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 love. But there's no reality of truth. And others use the excuse of truth just saying. Just saying. You see that on Facebook all the time. They have this big rant at somebody else, this big go, and then they go, just saying. I'm just being honest. No, actually, as mature believers, we need to speak truth. But we speak it with the intention of love. Use the rod and the staff. Um, instead, speaking truth and love, we will grow. We will, in all things, grow up into Him who is the head. We will grow up. There's a pioneering to bring us into new pastures, and there's a pastoring that actually ensures that we get there. That cares for us. Religion is trying to, everyone thinks this, religion is trying to use the rod to manipulate and force people into doing the right thing. But let me tell you, it's just as religious to try and, quotes, love somebody into doing the right thing. Because I can be soppy and I can be, oh, well, maybe, I mean, do it if you want to, but, uh, uh, and actually it's the right thing for, for Bonnie to do it, but I'm trying to, quotes, love her. There's a combination of truth and love that gets the right result from a heart perspective, not just from the religious outside. I want to say something, but I shouldn't. No, I'm going to say it. When Bonnie and I got first, first got married, oh man, I was, was I not the nicest person on the planet? <laughs> I was so nice. Anything Bonnie wanted, <laughs> anything Bonnie wanted. If she wanted to go on holiday, we'd go on holiday. And you know what? I just wanted to love her. And I, I really did love her in the past. And, <laughs> and I, just, I just wanted to operate by staff. I just wanted staff. And so anything Bonnie wanted, she got. It was like I was just a little puppy dog. And I was just wrapped around her little finger. And you know how much damage it caused me? It was my fault 
because women are designed by God to mold around a man. Whatever woman God gives a man, there's a pliability and an ability for her to adapt and change to her husband. I've heard people say, oh, what happened if I marry the wrong person? No, if she's a woman and you're a man, then, I'm not trying to be political, then there is an ability within her to mold to you. That's why, they, that's why Bonnie had to leave her father and mother and cleave to me, to adapt to me. But I was so busy just trying to use staff and love her, even though inside I was being torn up because I wouldn't speak truth, because I had deception where I just thought I had to love, 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 that it hurt our marriage and hurt Bonnie. Because she didn't know why I was, under the surface, frustrated and not being who I should be. And so I had to come out of that deception, repent, and say, God, thank you that you've given me the staff and the rod. And I had to step up into my name, into my authority to go, actually, hold on, Bonnie. We can't just take that next holiday because you are now operating with me. You're not operating with your parents. Your parents have fought battles and done certain things that allows them privileges that I haven't fought. I can't live at that same level. I can't sustain what they can sustain because I don't have the substance that they have. And so she had to mold and adapt to work with me. But if I didn't use the rod, I would be broken now. <laughs> I, I would. I would. We, we probably wouldn't be married. It was a destructive thing and 100% my fault. If you think that I'm being horrible to Bonnie, you don't understand how women operate. Whatever room, whatever room a husband gives is the room a, a wife will take. That's by design. God took the rib out of Adam. Rib doesn't mean that bone. It can mean this, a space, like we learn about honor. It can mean a space. It could even also mean DNA. And he molded woman out of that space. So when she was created, whatever room Adam gave her, she operated in. That's why... Going down another road. Don't get stuck using one or the other. Learn to change gears. Learn to be dynamic. There's something in the prophetic that when you hear God's voice, He will tell you, okay, take two steps forward. No, take three steps back. And if you're not humble and you're not hearing the, the voice of God, and He's always speaking, He's always speaking. If you're not obeying and listening to His voice, then you're not going to use the tools that He gives you. He's not going to use you one day, um, no, give all your wealth away. Rich young ruler, just give it away. Next day, I'm coming to your house for dinner. I'm going to eat of the wealth that you stole from everyone. And then he gave away double what he stole. Is that right? Double? You've got to use whatever the Spirit says, whatever the voice of God says. Don't get stuck religiously just using one or the other. Otherwise, you say dwarf and infant. infant. Is that helping anyone? This is why I love Rob's leadership. Because there have been people, and some people do it out of a bad place, but some do it some do it out of just an honest, uh, funny place where Rob will say, okay, next week we're going to do so-and-so. And then next week comes and he preaches a completely different message. And some, I've heard some people, why does Rob do that? I think, hold on. Whoa, 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 hold on. You guys don't understand, not you guys, but whoever's saying that, 
you got to understand that there's a prophetic, there's a huge prophetic angle of what Rob does. And in the next moment, he could change the way that he preaches. In fact, have you seen him ever preach with notes in the last couple of years? I would say 90% of his preaching is prophetic. I lo- that's why I love this church. I- Someone WhatsApp me today. Uh, we, we WhatsApp the new people who come to the Next Steps course. It's such a privilege to speak to them because they're so excited. They come back and they, you send them one message and they're so grateful. And the one lady WhatsApp back me today and said, I'm so grateful I found this church. I've been once. Next week I'm bringing two more people. That's, that's growth. And she said, I've been praying to find a spirit-filled church. Sometimes, yes. Wow. I just love, I love this church. I don't think you and I, and I absolutely include myself, I don't think you and I value or see how valuable it is to be part of a church that's dynamic, that uses rods and staffs, and that uses a kind word and sometimes a harsh rebuke, and that's dynamic. It's such a privilege. So what I want to do, has anyone got something to add to that? We're going to pray. So if you don't want to pray, this is your time to share a word. (laughs) Anyone got a comment on that? Yes, Neil, go for it. we're not trying to condemn anyone else we're not trying to say anyone else is not as good at us as us but there's something special about this place otherwise we we wouldn't be here we'd be at another place that we found special really and and we need to value what god's given us we need to honor what god has given us we need to thank him for what he's given us so what i'd like to do is pray I'd, I'd like to, what would I like to do? I'd like to pray for every single one of us in this room and, on, and people who are part of this church to come into a realization of who they are, what weaponry, what tools, what functions God has given them, and to rise up in the substance of those functions. And not only to recognize what functions and abilities and gifts that they have, but to recognize the functions, tools, abilities, weaponry that somebody else has to learn how to partner and team with them. Because the more you realize your strength, the more you're going to realize your weakness. And I'm learning recently some of my strengths, and then I look at my weaknesses, and I don't even know they're weaknesses. That's how weak I am. It's true. And so then I, I have people around me who know how to speak truth and love, whether I like it or not. And they'll say, Sean, you're this, you're that. Why don't you? I'll go, I didn't even notice. Sometimes I'll fight with them before they say it. My brother and I, that's why we work so well together, is because we're so different. And we fight 80% of the time. Most of the time we fight about. <laughs> but if it wasn't for my brother, and his strengths, complementing my weaknesses, we wouldn't have a family business. We wouldn't be paying our rent. And I would probably be a, a, a crazy man. I'm partly there anyway. But I'd probably be crazy living in the bush somewhere. He's kept me sane. He's kept me grounded. He's provoked me to kindness sometimes. And, and vice versa. Yes, sometimes I just provoke you for the sake of it. <laughs> so what I want to do is I want to pray into each one of us finding our strengths 
and not, not searching for the weaknesses because you don't have to look far if you're honest, but searching for the strengths in others that will complement where you're at. So we're not just relying on the prophetic, the prophetic, the prophetic. We're also relying on the pastoral, pastoral, pastoral. And that the prophetic honors the pastoral and gives them room and says, we want to drive. And the pastor says, hold on, the sheep are tired. And the pastor goes, but I honor the prophetic. Because sometimes we need to move on to new pastures. And there's not just this constant tension, but that people honor each other's gifts so that we can operate at higher levels. Is that a good thing to pray into? Let's stand. Father, we thank you for the different gifts. We thank you for the gifts that Jesus gave to the church for the maturing of the saints so that each one of us can step up in ability and not be afraid of the weaknesses that we carry but honor the strengths in others that will cover over the multitude of sins, the love that will bring to maturity the whole body and not just me, myself, and Irene. Father, we thank you for different gifts. We honor different gifts. We pray for eyes of wisdom to recognize the strengths in others. We pray for your voice to be so close, Holy Spirit, that we would sense when we're moving into territory that's not our strength. And to look around us and say, Father, bring in someone else who can carry this. Bring in someone else who has the substance to sustain this new arena. We pray for the maturity and the security for us to hand over things that someone else could do better. And for the confidence to pick up something that someone else is handing to us because we're more gifted to carry it. I pray for room in each one of our lives for you to dynamically shift us and move us and align us into your callings. And I pray for the level of trust in the house to go up, that each one of us would be actively, purposely looking at someone else and saying, you know what you could be good at? You know what you could carry? You know, what how, you, know how you could bless? And not you know what I could do and how I could carry it, but how can you bless? We pray for that gift to just flow so easily. We pray for that confidence to come on each and every soul. The confidence to approach the throne of grace for that flow of grace to operate through us. We pray for that river to be strategically unblocked so that it can flow freely and easily. We pray for religious patterns that have come into our thinking to break off, to allow others room and space to manifest the gifts that God's given them. Lord, we thank you for the woman at the well, that even though she was Saved for a moment, she became the evangelist. We thank you for that gift to flow. Thank you, Father.